there and welcome into yet another installment of the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Meller. And as a member of the CG Sports Network, we are the show that seeks to light the competitive fire within you in order to succeed within your career. I am extremely excited to be welcoming on Mackenzie Cohen to the podcast today, a three-time Paralympic gold medalist for Team USA back in 2016. Mackenzie is deep in training at the moment for the games coming up this summer. We had just such a, a wonderful chat about almost a month ago now when both our schedules were a little bit more accommodating to uh, the two of us being able to talk. And I'll tell you what, guys, honestly, in terms of just her pure energy, Mackenzie is someone that you're just simply not going to be able to get enough of. Her her attitude, her outlook in life uh, simply is fantastic. And in terms of her approach to just about everything, you will see very quickly why it is she has been able to rise to the top of what it is she does. And at the same time, there is also absolutely zero doubt in my mind that the games coming up this summer are going to be equally, if not more successful for her based on her mindset that she has each and every day, doing things to 100% effort at all times and really understanding the importance of adversity, not simply going through adversity, but actually appreciating the value of going through adversity as well. So, so much great content to be bringing to you within this interview today. Make sure you stick around at the end as I both conclude the show and also just give you a few gentle reminders in terms of things that we have coming up. But in the meantime, let's jump right into my discussion with three-time Paralympic champion Mackenzie Cohen, and I hope you all enjoy. Before we get to the interview, I just wanted to provide some fantastic information regarding the show. First and foremost, go to careercompetitor.com if you don't mind and check out the episodes that we have there. There's so many to get caught up on if this is the first time that you are listening. Secondly, if you have the ability to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, I would love for you to firstly do that and secondly, leave us a rating. Be sure to subscribe or follow to the show, whichever podcasting platform you are listening to us on. And in the meantime, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram as well, career underscore competitor. And I would love to hear from you, especially if you're listening to the episode right now. Be sure to tag us, put us in your story, let us know that you're giving us a listen. Well, I am absolutely delighted to be bringing on Mackenzie Cohn to the Career Competitor podcast. Mackenzie, first and foremost, how are you this evening? I'm awesome. I just finished about a 6,000 meter workout. So I'm feeling pretty good. It was, it was a really good double today, Steve. Like I felt awesome. That's great. That's great. 6,000 meters has been a while since I've done that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Easily a decade and there's not even an ounce of me that wants to do it um, probably in the next decade either. So (laughs) that's great. Well, tonight was afternoon practice tonight was like right up my alley. It was distance free. Yeah. And um, we did a few time things. So mm. I was like, yes, like I got this. It felt mm. good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we've already got on the topic of swimming and we were joking right <laughs> before we started here that, um, you know, it, it's not a swimming podcast, but we both come from the world of swimming and yep. uh, it's, it's inevitable we're going to discuss it. But before we get into anything else um, outside of, let's say, who exactly I am talking to, why don't you tell everybody who I'm talking to? Tell us all about yourself, Mackenzie. Yes. Okay. So going all the way back, I guess I was actually, a lot of people know I'm a Paralympic swimmer, but they don't know what disability I have. So I was actually born with a condition called osteogenesis imperfecta, 
which imagine trying to like say that as you're growing up. I <laughs> think I like didn't get the hang of it until I was like four years old, but basically wow. it's a big, long, complicated mixture of words. That mm. means I have brittle bones that often break for little to no reason at all. Um, mm. We think I've broken probably around a hundred, over a hundred. Where wow. I, I always say that like my biggest regret in life will be the fact that like we didn't keep count, but also <laughs> it just would have been impossible along the way. So Absolutely. Uh, yes, I have OI. And when I was younger, you know, I started physical therapy when I was six months old. So really, really early on. And uh, my physical therapist suggested that my parents get me in the water for aqua therapy. We started going probably two or three times a week. And I was four years old and still going to aqua therapy. I'm the middle child of two brothers. They decided to join the swim team. I saw what they were doing and I was like, the heck with this. I want to be over there with them. <laughs> and uh, the rest, you know, it's kind of history. I started swimming on an able-bodied team and mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it. And then I got involved with Paralympic swimming when I was eight years old. And mm -hmm. to be on a pool deck with other athletes who looked like me and mm -hmm. had similar abilities as my own was everything. So, you know, started Paralympic swimming. I made my first national team when I was 16. I went to the London games when I was 16. Mm. And, you know, that was such an incredible experience. Right. And, you know, I knew in the four years after London, I made the final in the 400 free, came out six, but I knew I wanted more out of it. So mm. I really took those next four years, put my heart and soul into it, went to Rio, you know, won three gold medals and a silver. That was an incredible experience. And then, mm. you know, to top it off, coming back home, Two years later, you know, starting to swim division one at the division one level at Loyola University in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in 2018, finishing up and becoming a professional and, you know, signing with Adidas and New Motion yep. and Lending Tree, all these incredible companies that share the same values and, and some of the same, you know, they have the same mindset I have going forward, which is really sure. incredible. Yeah. Just, yeah. Incredible. And I, what I love about having you introduce yourself in a little bit more detail is it just emphasizes exactly how big of a deal uh, you are in, in the world of what you do. And I, I think, you know, it doesn't matter what event you're doing or what sport you're doing when you're the best at something in three different areas as you were in 2016 as a three-time gold medalist. And you went on and did the same thing at the world championships in 2019. Yeah you know, it, it, it means you're in a, a category that is a very, very, very small percentage. And, and that is something that uh, for me, having been around sport my entire life, I, I always look just in complete in, uh, completely in awe of and uh, just marvel at some of the stuff you've already accomplished. But, you know, we're, we're called career competitor for a reason. We, we want to get to the heart of who you are as a competitor. And you already touched on it there. 2012, you got a taste. And then suddenly, hey, give me four more years and I'll see what I can do. And lo and behold, you you probably maybe even outdid your own expectations. Who knows? But in, in terms of who is Mackenzie, the competitor, not just the swimmer, but the competitor as a whole. I always like to say, people ask me, like, how do you do this? How do you keep going? How do you stay so calm? And I always tell them, I'm all in all the time. If right. I wholeheartedly if I'm going to do something I'm going to do it 100% I do not do things halfway that has never been me I don't see any value in going into something being like oh I'm gonna try a little bit today or I'm gonna you know halfway do this set no 
I don't care if I'm having the most off day ever. I don't care if pace isn't going right. I don't care if I'm, you know, uh, and a lot of times I swim with broken bones. Mm -hmm. Like I do not take time out of the water. So I always look at it as, you know, throughout my life, I've had some of these instances where I'll break a femur and I have to be out of the water for a week with a serious injury like that. And it comes about so suddenly. So it's almost like you never know when this day, it, it could be your last for a while. And that's how I approach everything. So Mm -hmm. I think having that all in, take no opportunity for granted mindset is, has been the key to my success, really. Mm. And what, what, what would you sort of describe then just hearing you talk about, you know, tens upon hundreds of bones being broken over the course of your life? It sounds like a funny question in a way, but what does adversity mean to you when you're so accustomed to, as you just said there, breaking a femur and being back and taking a week off, you know, and, and, and for that to be sort of what sounds to be fairly common and fairly normal in your lifestyle, how do you sort of define adversity when you're dealing with things that to a, a common person is, is something that we really, really need to pluck up so much courage to sort of keep going, whereas this has become the norm for you. This is your day to day. Like, what does adversity actually mean to you? I think adversity is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. And I'll always believe that I, and you know, I heard a quote from Michelle Obama a couple of years ago, she was giving um, a university commencement address and she said something that really struck me and stuck with me. She said that you should never look at your challenges as a disadvantage, rather they are your greatest advantage. And with everything I've been through in my life, every piece of adversity, every hardship I've ever faced, I have always come out the other side, a better version of myself. And maybe it was difficult to see it in the moment. You know, I'm not saying that I'm like a hundred percent super positive 24 seven, that would be impossible and unhealthy to be honest. So (laughs) when things happen to me, I, my mom and I always used to have this rule. We take a day, two days, and I could feel sorry for myself. I could be angry at the world if I wanted to. I could, you know, resent the fact that I had this. But at the end of that time period, it's time to let it go and focus on moving forward. Mm -hmm. What can I do to make the situation any better than it possibly is right now? What can I do to advance myself in this time? And sometimes, you know, there wasn't an answer. Sometimes I remember this one time I had a broken shoulder on one side and then a broken femur on the other side. It's like opposite sides of my body. And it was really hard to physically do anything for the first couple of weeks. So I had to work on my sports psychology stuff, Mm. whatever it was that could keep me moving forward. That's what I did. But I can tell you the things I've faced have made me who I am. And I'm really proud of that. I love that in the in the sense of physically being in a situation where you can't necessarily move forward for a little while, but then saying, I'm going to move forward mentally while I, while, I, while I can't actually move forward physically, I'm actually going to make a couple strides forward mentally, which my gosh, like that I've, I've heard it put in different ways over the years. I've not even really ever thought of it that way in the sense of being physically stuck in a very literal way and just right. then saying, hey, I can, like you said, you can hate the world for 24 hours, two days, whatever it may be. But then to sort of have that level of acceptance and just say, I'm going to move my mental state forwards while I'm waiting for my physical state to get going again. Like That is just a, a phenomenal mindset that anybody listening to this, whatever walk of life you come from in terms of being competitive, 
you are going to feel sometimes that you physically cannot make a move, um, right. but you have to find other areas, other elements within your mental game during those times where you're just staying still in a, in a literal way to, to still make strides forward. And, and speaking of that, Olympics got delayed a year. Like how inconvenient is that <laughs> in terms of, in terms of being able to actually perform when you're ready to perform, here's all this work, all these efforts going in and this great plan in place. And someone says, sorry, you're going to have to just hold up for 12 months. Um, you know, talk about having to stay still. How have the last few months been for you dealing with this Mackenzie? Yeah. You know, I actually want to go back to last year when we first heard that the games were going to be postponed. Mm. I remember you know, I feel like for like two weeks leading up to it, there was a lot of talk about it. And, you know, the rumors were swirling and obviously like coronavirus was picking up and, mm. you know, there was a lot of fear there. But I remember waking up to a text from my coach and it was like an article like link and it was like, you know, right. postponement is confirmed. And I remember sitting in my bed for a second and it's like I got the wind knocked out of me. I was like, oh, but you could feel it was coming. And mm. obviously 100% was the right choice. I mean, this has been so devastating for mm. so many people and it's so much bigger than sport. Yeah. Um, but in that moment, I took a second to, you know, kind of get up and be like, okay, this has happened. Mm. I cannot control this, but what can I control right now? And I thought to myself, whatever I have, I have access to right now. Cause I, um, my parents, I, bless their souls. They let me put an eight foot tethered pool in our garage. And, um, yeah, so I went home from Baltimore back to Georgia to my parents' house and they let me do that in their garage. And I told myself I have access to water right now. I have a weight set and you know what? I'm going to make the best out of this. And I thought to myself, I have another year. Like, obviously this is devastating. Like this is really, really terrible what we're up against, but I have another year to get better. I have another year to become more mentally sound, more mentally strong going into this. And I told myself, this is no different. Obviously it's different, but this is no different than any adversity I've ever faced in my life. Mm -hmm. This is no different than any hardship. So you know what? I'm going to approach it the same way because I'm going to be better when we get to the other side of this. I will be ready and I will be better when I step on the blocks in Tokyo. Wow. I mean, eight foot eight foot pool and on a tethered like this for anyone listening that's not a swimmer the sport of swimming is a fairly tedious sport in the first place because you it's you in a black line and that is the one of the most famous sayings in our in the sport of swimming is is facing that black line day in day out but then actually staying still on a tethered a tethered rope and, and and doing it in an eight foot area um that that means that your purpose is so clear in your mind. I mean, you must you must be so adamant about what it is you're trying to get out of this Olympic journey. Talk to us a little bit about that. The competitor, that the, the swimmer, the competitor now in McKenzie. What's the purpose? What is your drive for this games? Absolutely, I think this games is all about overcoming, showing mm. the world that we can get through this and come together and put on and amazing games. And obviously it's going to look different than it has in the past. And, you know, I've actually spent a lot of time. I'm really fortunate to work um, on the regular with my sports psychologist. Mm. And we talked a lot about this. It will not be the same games. It will, you know, look different, but I think the message this time is so much bigger than it has ever been, or Mm. been in a very long time for these games. I want to go out there and I want to show the world what's possible. I want to go out there and show them that just because we got knocked down doesn't mean we can't get up and still do this. Mm. So 
you know, having this year, even though we've had so many curveballs thrown at us, I think that adversity kind of brings something really interesting because when you're starting out and you're looking at this huge mountain, like last March, when we found out that it was postponed, you're looking at this huge mountain, you're thinking to yourself, how am I going to get over this? How am I going to get through this? How will I persevere through this challenge? And I think, you know, obviously the situation is terrible, but sometimes adversity can be the best thing that ever happened to us. Mm -hmm. And I think we really had to look inside of ourselves and become more human-like in the past year. Like I do think even in the midst of such darkness and such sadness comes good things from it. So I really hope that this games will deliver that message to the world. And I'm hoping that we can do that for people. Yeah. I, I hear you using that word we a lot. And I, and, and I really love that because for as much effort's been made over the years to really glorify things like the Olympic games and lose some of that sort of amateuristic mindset that the, the, the whole movement was actually built upon hundreds of years ago. Um, I think it's really refreshing to hear you talk about the we as opposed to the I. I think, of course, people want their glory. They want their moment in the spotlight. They work so hard for it. And I get all of that. I do. Absolutely. But the Olympic Games is a celebration. I mean, it, it always has been. It always has been. And it's an opportunity to celebrate sports that don't necessarily get much of a spotlight uh, every, you know, most of those four years and, and things like that. And obviously then there's individuals like yourself that come into our living rooms on our TVs and it's like, bam, look at this three-time gold medalist. Just, just this, this person that people maybe didn't know before, you know, Rio 2016. And here you are, you know, just a couple of weeks later with three gold medals around your neck. Like those are the things that we are celebrating in, in these things uh, that we call the Olympic games. And Going back to you, the competitor now a little bit, you talked there about getting into the sport of swimming with, with your two brothers. When did you realize, whether it was swimming or whether it was just life in general, like when did you realize that your maybe one of your greatest, if not the greatest reason for you being on earth was to just compete at the highest level? Yeah, I've actually looking back on it now, even really before got in like super into swimming, I've always been very competitive. And I think I had to be to survive in a household with, you know, an older brother and a yep. younger brother. Um, yep. You're the only girl and you're also the middle child like you better like it is a game of survival. So and you know, I do credit a lot of that kind of competitive spirit and that fierceness to my brothers. Mm. Um, you know, growing up, they never took it easy on me. And so especially my younger brother, he just, he has this look that I try to channel sometimes. He's a sprinter right. at uh, UNC. He's a senior this year. Awesome. And, um, you know, we were actually just talking about it because he had a senior meet and I was like, you know, enjoy these last few months. Like I'm going to take in, you know, every race you swim watching you this last part. And I think I'm going to miss the most, like I call it his ready stance. Mm. And I started to kind of emulate that when we were age group swimmers. So when I get behind the blocks, this is so funny. And people tell me all the time, you look, someone told me one time, they're like, you look like you want to kill someone. <laughs> and, uh, in the call room, I have a pretty infamous like routine and like mm -hmm. face that I make. And uh, people go, it's really funny because you're so upbeat and you're so like, you know, go lucky and fun in everyday life. But the moment that switch turns, like mm. I'm a completely different person, like, you know, fun, go lucky, not caring, you know, enjoying life. Mackenzie kind of leads the building. Not that I'm not having fun because I am, <laughs> but it's just a different kind of fun. I'm there Absolutely. to race. 
I'm there to go out to have the best swim I possibly can. And hopefully that, you know, that means winning. Like to me, that is my job to go out there and represent the USA and do it to the best of my abilities. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Ready stance. I think I'm going to take, I'm going to probably use that one myself. Um, (laughs) I've, I've, uh, it it is funny in, in the, in all sports, I, I think, so many athletes are perceived to be a certain personality based on who they are within the domain that you watch them compete in. And I, I, it's so, it's so unfair to sort of do it that way. Cause when you think about it, most people that go to their regular nine to five job probably aren't going to behave in that environment the same way they would at home with, you know, spouses and children and all that kind of thing. And I think this, there's so many, uh, there's so many people, I guess, in the world of sport that get led to believe that they are a certain person when it couldn't be further from the truth. And, you know, here you are in these most competitive environments, in these ready rooms, about to go into these enormous arenas, uh, thousands and thousands of people screaming and going crazy. And you talk about that ready stance. Yeah. Is that almost an opportunity for you to find this sort of component of being neutral and, and just reminding yourself like, okay, I need to still be kind of disciplined and have some poise in this moment, despite being so fired up. Like, is that a big part of the routine? Absolutely. And I think, you know, going through the call room, obviously everybody's different and they have their own thing. I like to move around a lot in the call room. I don't like to sit down necessarily. So I'm up, you know, moving my arms, moving my legs, you know, kind of just walking around if I can, if I don't have to sit still, I don't want to sit still until I get out there. Um, And so when I get behind the blocks and I take that stance, it's interesting because I have this routine down and I have my keywords and everything, everything that I need to tell myself before I step on that block. But one of the very last things I do, and I feel like it's when I'm most still, mm. I take just a moment to think back on everything I've done up until that point. And that's mm. why I take every day so seriously and give mm. 100%. I do not want to go behind that block and have one moment of doubt and mm. everything I did leading up. I don't want to leave any room for that. I want to be absolutely sure that I did everything I possibly could leading mm. up to that moment to have the best possible race that I am capable of. And to me, that gives me all the confidence in the world. So when I right. take that last stance before we get on the blocks, I know I've done everything. Mm. And now I just have to do what I'm capable of. Well, now, now I'm just excited to see you perform in the summer so I can see this ready stance uh, <laughs> in, in person. Like it's, it sounds yeah. like such a big thing, but I, uh, that's, uh, that's just fantastic. And I love that it gives you that sense of confidence um, because I think that is a vital part of, of any type of performance. Uh, just making sure that there is this reassurance of confidence that, you know, there's no better version of confidence than preparation, right? When you're prepared. Absolutely. You know, it just takes all the stress. Anybody that's listening to this is maybe, you know, you talked about your brother there, a senior in college, um, any college student, they know the difference between being prepared for a test and not being prepared for a test. And <laughs> those are two very different mental states. Um, so I, I think it, it it's definitely goes back to that preparation. I love hearing that you do that check-in and and think back to all those uh, those hardships and uh, awesome training that you've been doing. But let's learn a little bit more outside the summer. Um, maybe what is a version of competing? What is a version of just a component within your life, let's say, that maybe you wouldn't or we wouldn't necessarily be so aware of uh, outside of the swimming pool? Where else do you like to compete? Where else do you like to sort of push yourself to those high, le- high levels? 
I am, everybody around me, like I feel like close to me knows this. I am extremely competitive when it comes to my academics and oh. also my work life. Mm. Um, so, you know, when I was a college student, I graduated back in 2018 with my bachelor's degree. I was probably like the most obnoxious student that you'll ever meet in your entire life. I was the one in the front of the classroom. I would answer everything. And, you know, I had friends in my classes and I actually had to stop doing this because I'd ask them like, oh, what'd you get on that exam? Like, mm. what, what was your grade? Like, try to like nonchalantly, like <laughs> learn what they got to see like, oh, I do better than you. Um, no, I was extremely competitive. Um, and I actually, fun fact, so... I want to be a lawyer and I actually went ahead and applied to law school this cycle and I've gotten into every single school that I've applied wow. to. And uh, yeah, no, so I'm super excited. I'm going to uh, defer to start in the um, fall of 2022, just, sure. you know, with the games going on and everything. But I tell you, I am itching to get back into like that competitive classroom environment. That right. is one of my favorite things. So mm. I see a lot of similarities between the athlete in me and also, you know, my normal daily life, it goes right into it. So I think all in all, I'm an extremely competitive person <laughs> also at work. Um, not that like, it's even, it's not a contest, but somehow I seem to always make it a contest with everything, like my PowerPoints, literally mm. anything I can. So I think it's really become a part of my everyday personality too. Right. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's, uh, Firstly, I if if I need a lawyer, um, what about a, a three time Olympic champion? I mean, that's a, a pretty decent person to be representing you. Uh, I, they're not going to take you know they're not going to take losing probably very easily. So they're probably going to do everything that they can to to represent you to the to the best of their ability. So that's not a bad uh, feather to have in your cap, let's say, when it comes to being a lawyer. But in terms of the work you're doing every day and and just this competitive personality that you have, I. Uh, I think it's a great message to give to everybody is that being competitive is a massive part of one's personality. It's not just a behavior that you use in specific domains. It's a personality trait. And I think that's probably looking back almost three years now when I came up with the idea for this show, a lot of that was me trying to get across to people like, hey, you can be a competitor when you're I don't know, cleaning the house. Like you can yes. be really competitive with that. Like it's a real thing, you know? And I, I think, you know, I, I live with a, I'm married to a woman who's extremely competitive about the quality and the cleanliness of my side of the bedroom, for instance, you know, it's. <laughs> Wait, okay. I love that. I do have to say, it is so funny that you mentioned that. Okay. This is okay. Full disclosure. <laughs> people are about to know this people close to me, like here at the Olympic training center know this, but every Sunday, Oh gosh, this is so embarrassing, but it's so funny. I call it <laughs> my deep clean Sunday. And wow. um, I have, I'm a bit of, of a um, germaphobe. So, you know, being in a pandemic, it has certainly heightened my germaphobic tendencies. Mm. And um, I have lots of Lysol, lots of microband, Clorox wipes, like you name it, I've got it. So I take my deep clean Sunday and sometimes I actually time myself to see how quickly I wow. can get it done. I clean the entire room, <laughs> like sparkling, like, like stealing the floor. Like it is clean. So I find that even when I'm not even doing it against any, like I, yeah. I just, I go all out. I have to, I can't mm -hmm. help it. 
is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is, uh, it, firstly, that's hilarious. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it is something I just, like I said, I, I just relate to it so much because yeah. it is a part of who I am. When I'm, when I'm actually in the mood to clean, I am very competitive. I can't tell you that <laughs> yeah. I'm necessarily always in the mood to clean, but um, there's certainly there's certainly a part of that, I think, within an individual like you, and I can certainly relate to that myself, is that there's always a task. There's always another task that you have in a specific yeah. day, and there's always something next on your agenda that you look at it and you think, okay, how can I, how can I win here? How can yes. I how can I actually get a W when it comes to whatever it is we're doing next? And I again I I don't know why I think that way. I, I'd have to go back and probably spend about hours and hours and just sort of figure out where it all began. But that is part of who I am as a person. It's clearly, you know, who you are as a person. And Definitely. in terms of just in closing here, um, Mackenzie, I, I just want people to have as many opportunities just to learn as much about you and follow your journey, especially in these next few months. Um, where can everybody find more out about you? Yeah, so you can go to, um, I just launched my own website. Very, right. very excited. So you can visit mckenziecohen.com. I also have social media and that's at Mackenzie underscore Cohen. And that's on both Instagram and Twitter. So I update those pretty regularly with a lot of, you know, what's going on, what I'm up to on this road to Tokyo. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're both affiliates with CG Sports as well. And I know I can speak on your behalf when I say this is I'm, I'm just so uh, honored, let's say, to be a part of that company. And, and, and at the same time, I'm so glad that they've been able to bring the two of us together and actually do this interview. It's something I've known of you for so long, and I'm so glad we finally got a chance to do this. And it's been an yes. absolute pleasure. So Mackenzie, firstly, thank you. Secondly, best of luck over these next few months. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. And my thanks again to Mackenzie for joining us on the show today. I told you at the outset of the show this was going to be a fantastic discussion where you were going to truly appreciate the energy that Mackenzie brings into the universe. And in terms of some of the things that I personally take away from this chat is, first and foremost, if if you're going to do it, do it with 100%. And the reason why is so that when it comes to the time to perform, you are left with zero doubt in your mind that you are capable of performing, capable of competing to your optimal level. So understanding that that is why we are giving it 100% in each and every day with each and every opportunity that is delivered to us. In addition to that, I mentioned at the beginning in terms of just her general outlook towards adversity, we learn about who we are. And I love that about Mackenzie. She says that Adversity isn't necessarily just this thing that we go through for the physical adjustments that we have to go through and maybe just the mental adversities that come with it too. No, this is as much a personality a personality challenge that we have to go through too. It's going to challenge who we are as people and we're going to learn so much about ourselves through that process. It's going to make it so worthwhile when we get out on the other side and we are a better human being for having gone through it. So just like I said, some fantastic content provided by Mackenzie today. And I'm so appreciative that you were willing to take the time to listen in to this episode. Whatever platform you are listening to is on, be sure to go back, give a listen to some of the previous episodes that we've had, especially in the year 2021. So many former and current Olympians have been on the show, people that have been associated and connected to world-class competition and world-class performance in their respective fields. There is so much to be learning from our show. 
We at the moment have the most amount of listeners, the most amount of subscribers that we've ever had in the history of the show, which I'm so excited about, but it just drives me as a competitor to keep on delivering the best quality version of this show that we possibly can. We believe we can optimize exactly what it is we're providing here. And you, as our audience, give us feedback. Let us know exactly what you think of what you're hearing through these episodes. Go to careercompetitor.com and you can let me know directly. There's an opportunity to connect with me through there. Give me some feedback. I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, best of luck with everything you've got going on within your world and you'll all be hearing from me again very soon. Bye for now.